Hey there, future fans! This week, don't hold your breath because Scotty doesn't know that this trip to Europe is getting deadly. This is the week of August 13th, 2021, and you are listening to episode 113 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Welcome to the show, everyone. Happy Friday the 13th, if you are listening to this on Friday. You know, when I was a kid growing up, I always knew that if it was Friday the 13th, I could watch a Jason movie on the TV somewhere. Some network somewhere was going to get a right to one of the older ones and play it, and I would love to watch that, because when I was a kid, I was never allowed to watch those movies. And once I was allowed to, I... I was just kind of over it, and it wasn't until years later that I got back into the horror genre. So, hey, you know what? Watch a Friday the 13th movie this Friday the 13th, or maybe just watch something scary. Do it to it. But it is a new week, and I have new movies to talk about. If you're new to the show, because I am trying to share the show more, get the listener base back up to what it once was, I appreciate it if you've been around since the beginning, or if you're new to the show. And if you're new to the show, let me tell you what it is I do here. On the show, I do quite a few things. We always start with the news, that is any new movie news that has caught my eye since the last episode. We then jump into trailers, any new movie trailers have caught my eye since the last episode. And in both of those cases, if I miss anything because I am imperfect, please let me know and I will talk about it on the next episode and give you full credit. After that, we talk about all the movies coming out during the week, and I break them up into two categories. The first is the limited release section. That's any movie that's a limited release, aka not nationwide, and also not coming to a major streaming service. So any of those movies that did not really catch my eye. Any movie that's tra- that has a trailer that didn't make me go, yeah, this. And remember, just because it's in that segment doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that the trailer really didn't draw me in. And also, it's up to taste. So I want to remind you, too, that this is just my tastes. I am sharing my taste because it's my show. I don't have a co-host. And um, so it's just me here. In the next section, we call it the wide releases and interesting indies. And that is any limited release movie that caught my eye. Followed up with every nationwide release as well as every major streaming release. And so I give them all scores, which I call the Billiam's Interest Level Score. I didn't sing it that time. Usually I do. And that can go anywhere from a zero for those awful films to an 11 for, well, let's be honest with the uh, score out of 11. It's really a one to 10 with an, oh my God, plus one added to it. That's what it is. And then I give you the pick of the week, which I say, hey, if you go to the theaters this week, if you see a movie and you use your hard-earned money to see it, this is what it should be. Uh, Sometimes it is, and quite often it is the big Marvel or or DC or the big blockbuster movie, just because those are 
really worth a theater watch. Like when I watched Parasite or Black Klansman in my house, I didn't think I missed out on anything. I still enjoyed them, especially Black Klansman. But I watched Suicide Squad at home. I kind of wish I saw it on the big screen, but we we're trying to be safe, not going out as much. So yes, the type of movie plays big into the pick of the week. But sometimes I surprise myself, and sometimes I'll surprise you. So my future friends, let us jump into our first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. Uh, let's see, we have a story from The Wrap. John Lithgow joins the cast of Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon that he's doing for Apple. If you know me, you know I am not an Apple fanboy, uh, so I will never pay for Apple TV+. But the good news is, with some of these movies that they're releasing, they are releasing them to a limited theatrical release, and I do believe they would release them on Blu-ray, DVD, or digitally to own outside of Apple TV, just because they love money, and doing that would just increase the amount of money they get. So far, what we know about this film, it sounds really interesting. So from director Martin Scorsese, uh, based on a book by someone named David Gran, uh, this is about the members of the Osage tribe in the United States are murdered under mysterious circumstances in the 1920s, sparking a major FBI investigation involving J. Edgar Hoover. The cast thus far is Jesse Plemons, which is dope. Jesse Plemons is great. I love him, but it gets better. Brendan Fraser, Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro. That, that, that's it. I do notice a severe lack of big female names, which, you know, doesn't totally surprise me coming from Scorsese, but I do hope we might see that flush out a little bit. Uh, but also the good news is that we have actual Native Americans playing Native Americans, so that there is dope as well. And so far, this movie has an unknown release date, but I will tell you the minute I find out. All right, next up, we have more casting news. We do know that she has been cast in an upcoming, so far untitled, Wes Anderson film. So far, the cast of this film that we know of, Margot Robbie, Tom Hanks, Tilda Swinton, Adrian Brody, and say it with me, you know I'm going to say it, you know I'm going to say it, Bill Murray. That story comes to us from The Hollywood Reporter. Next up, a story from The Wrap. Uh, you heard me talking about another Jackass movie coming out called Jackass Forever. I didn't realize that Bam was not in the trailer, and that's because he was fired. And now he's suing the Jackass team and Paramount Pictures over this firing from the new film. Allegedly, keyword is allegedly, Bam tested positive for Adderall, which is a violation of the terms of the wellness agreement that was signed with the movie's producers, and he refused to go to rehab, as was mandated by Johnny Knoxville, so he was fired. So then he is suing, saying that he is wrongfully fired and seeks redress for inhumane, abusive, and discriminatory treatment from the Jackass team. If you want to read the article, it goes into his claim about his history with addiction and how he thinks that his ideas were stolen and that he doesn't think they treated him fairly. Uh, why I'm bringing this up is that, in theory, it could potentially affect the release of this movie, but we will see. 
My future friends, this next story comes to us from the playlist. Do you remember that movie from 2012 starring Dane DeHaan and uh, Michael B. Jordan and Alex Russell? The one about the the found footage movie about the kid that get uh, the groups of kids that get superpowers and one of them goes crazy. Yeah, that one. It was fun, right? Well, it's getting a sequel that takes place 10 years after, which works seen as next year is the 10 year anniversary. This one will revolve around a female college student who gets superpowers and what happens to her. So fun fact there. My friends, we have more casting news. This one from Hollywood Reporter. Leslie Jones has been cast in Taika Waititi's pirate comedy titled Our Flag Means Death. Oh, this actually isn't a movie. This is an ensemble cast TV series or uh, uh, on HBO Max. Apparently, she will be a reoccurring guest star on the series. And this series is about Taika Waititi, who plays a pampered aristocrat who abandons his life of privilege to become a pirate. This next story comes to us from MovieWeb. And it says that Disney's Disenchanted has wrapped filming and will hit Disney Plus in 2022. This, of course, is a sequel to Enchanted, the Disney film starring Amy Adams, uh, James Marsden, Patrick Dempsey, and Susan Sarandon that came out in 2007. There's actually no news that I can find out if this is actually getting a theater release or if it's just a Disney Plus. Oh, here it is. I missed this. Uh, I missed a whole paragraph here. It says that this is a Disney Plus exclusive movie. To be fair, that is subject to change technically. But since uh, it's a Disney owned and created movie going to a Disney owned streaming service, it probably won't change. But we will see. This next story comes to us from Giant Freaking Robot. Apparently, Dave Batista is promising the sequel will be better than the original movie. What sequel is he talking about? Well, that's a sequel to Knives Out, which uh, he will be starring in or co-starring in. And to quote him directly, he says that I think the characters are just so much more colorful. I think that people are really going to dig this. Everybody's cast so well. I was working with a couple of my classmates, castmates, not classmates, and was mesmerized by their performances and just how well they've adapted into these characters. I think the characters in this are even more quirky than the first one. And what do we know so far? Uh, This is quite the cast so far. Of course, the first one had quite the cast. This, of course, has Dave Bautista and Daniel Craig reprising his role as Benoit Blanc, the only returning character thus far. Uh, Catherine Hahn, Edward Norton, Ethan Hawke, Jessica Henwick, Kate Hudson, Leslie Odom Jr., and Janelle Monae. Oh, and it also stars Madeline Klein, who's been in Stranger Things and Outer Banks. Outer Banks, which is apparently a really popular show. I didn't even know because the next the new season dropped and apparently people are talking about it. I'm like, why have I never heard of this? Why? My future friends, this next story comes to us from comicbook.com. And here's the gist of it. If you've heard rumors about Hugh Jackman reprising his role as Wolverine so far, it's just that rumors. He said there's been no email from Kevin Feige and This article says, frankly, it may stay that way no matter how much fun Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman have been having together. But this article also points out that, hey, if Kevin Feige did reach out to Hugh Jackman. So this article also points out that if Kevin Feige did reach out to Hugh Jackman, we wouldn't necessarily know right away because they wouldn't go around advertising it until they were ready to drop the news. My future friends, did you want to watch The Green Knight, no matter what I said about the film in my review? It wasn't bad. It it was okay. 
then you may be in luck if you didn't want to go out to theaters because you want to avoid people because, you know, we're still in a pandemic. Apparently, A24 is releasing this on streaming for one single night. Apparently, that night is going to be August 18th, 2021. This year, of course, duh. And the time will be 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And apparently... Tickets can be purchased for $20 now at the A24 screening room, and buyers will have four hours or until 1 a.m. to stream the movie from and uh, any content that they also post. So if you want to watch this film and don't want to go to theaters, uh, 20 bucks to stream it on August 18th. And my friends, this final story comes to us from Gaming Bible. Uh, apparently, there's there may be a second Justice League movie happening, but there's a lot of buts with this story. But it hasn't been officially announced. Uh, it just came from one of the producers. Producer Charles Roven shared that the Suicide Squad and Justice League would probably get sequels, though the Justice League would probably be a few more years away. Uh, because DC apparently has and Warner Brothers have yet to change their mind about being ass regarding Zack Snyder's vision. Well, my future friends, that is it for the news. Let us take our first break as we hear a word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. And we'll be right back with the trailer trove. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Welcome back, my future friends. It is time for everyone's favorite segment, The Trailer Trove. Avast, and welcome to the Trailer Troll. We're going to start with a Netflix original movie going to select theaters as well. Uh, coming out on September 10th called Kate, which got its first trailer. This is about a female assassin that has 24 hours to get vengeance on her murder before she dies. This stars Mary Elizabeth Weinstead as Kate, Woody Harrelson, Michael Huisman, uh, how I, that's how I think you say his name. <laughs> and get this, actual Japanese people playing Japanese people. You know, I, I know the longer time moves on, and the more woke everyone gets, and the more careful people get when casting, I can make that joke less and less, but goddammit, I'm going to make it every time I can until then. But this looks badass. This looks really good. This is a over-the-top spy action movie or assassin action movie starring Mary Elizabeth Weinstead, who could very well be the next big action star because it looks badass. Woody Harrelson is kind of like a mentor or friend or maybe like the cue to her James Bond. I, I don't quite know, but he's in it. Uh and it's about her trying to track down this Yakuza boss to kill him because he's the one that put this hit out on her. And look, this looks a lot like Gunpowder Milkshake in the sense that it doesn't look great. It just looks fun. It looks entertaining and enjoyable. And that's exactly what I want. All right, friends. Next up, we have a movie coming out September 17th called Cop Shop. This has an interesting cast of Gerard Butler, Frank Grillo, Alexis Lauder, uh, who, who you know from uh, the Watchmen TV show, uh, The Tomorrow War, 
And also this guy named Toby Huss, who, who you would know from Halt and Catch Fire, Reno 911, a few episodes of Glow. And it seems a lot like Smokin' Aces, if you remember that classic from 2006 with uh, Jeremy Piven, Ryan Reynolds, Ray Liotta, fantastic cast, kind of like Free Fire as well, a little bit from 2016 with Charto Copley, uh, Blake Lively, Army Hammer, Cillian Murphy, that was a good cast, I didn't even think of that. But this one looks like the same idea, but with a slight twist, which uh, I like. So we have this guy who everyone wants to kill. Everyone wants to kill this guy because he, I don't know, he's probably a snitch or something. He probably stole something. But he gets himself purposely locked in jail to protect his life. Who also gets thrown in jail? Gerard Butler. Who's an assassin? Gerard Butler. So Gerard Butler tries to kill him. This other cop, played by, what's her name, Alexis Louder, stops him. But then this other assassin shows up, kills everyone outside, and so it's just them locked in this little, not not a full prison, just a little holding cell in the police station. So it's them, like the target, Jared Butler, the cop, with this psychopath outside. And, and what happens? I think it sounds interesting, but a lot like Free Fire, a, a kind of movie you do want to watch. It does look interesting, but you don't really go out of your way to see it. Not yet. Once it comes out on streaming or to own, maybe then. Uh, check it out, definitely. Do you have to see it in theaters? Probably not. My friends, we have a trailer for Clint Eastwood's new movie called Cry Macho, uh, based on a novel by Richard N. Richard Nash, I believe, uh, directed by Clint Eastwood, also starring Dwight Yoakam. Jesus, that's a name I haven't thought of in a while. Uh, but it's about a one-time rodeo star and a washed-up horse breeder who takes a job because he owes this guy, trying to bring this guy's young son home from Mexico and away from his alcoholic mother. And on the journey, the horseman finds redemption, blah, blah, blah. We know this story. Um, nah, nah. I mean, Clint Eastwood's talented, but if you watch a trailer for this, if you try to tell me that he's a, a different character from Gran Torino, you are fucking lying. This comes out on September 17th in select theaters and on HBO Max. So why not just get HBO Max, watch this if you want to, and use the rest of your time with it for other movies. It looks 100% skippable. I'm also just not looking forward to any potential stories coming out from this, because if you remember when Gran Torino happened, there were stories of racism on set, and then a lot of people had problems with Clint Eastwood's character's open Asian racism and the fact that it was meant as a joke in the movie. So with this taking place in Mexico, I'm, I'm a little iffy on it. So next up, we have a Hulu original movie called Dope Sick with, an, with a really good cast of Michael Keaton, Peter Sarsgaard, Michael Stolberg, Will Poulter, Caitlin Deaver, and Rosario Dawson. And it's unfortunately based on the very sad true story of Oxycontin and how, uh, how so many people got addicted to what they claimed was a 1% addiction rate. And how big pharmaceutical companies, uh, I forgot which one in particular for this one, pushed this so much for everyone to get their patients on it because, oh, it's this great miracle drug that reduces pain. It's non-addictive, but guess what? It is addictive. Lol, you're now hooked and doing hard drugs and sucks to be you. So this film looks equally interesting and infuriating, kind of like the big short. And yeah, look for this on Hulu. Uh, what was that date again? October 13th. 
and my future friends, one final film in the trailer trove, and that is called Blue Bayou. It is set to come out on someday, and I totally know it. I'm not scrolling through IMDb right now to figure it out. September 17th, 2021, and it stars Justin Chan and Alicia Vikander, and it looks terribly sad and unfortunately real. It's not actually a true story, but stuff like this has probably happened. Thanks especially to the last four years and ICE and everything like that. This is about a Korean-American man raised in Louisiana. Uh, He works hard to make a life for his family, and he must confront the ghosts of his past as he discovers that he could be deported from the only country he's ever known. This is written and directed by Justin Chan, and good news, fans of Twilight, you would know him. He played Eric, the um, boyfriend of Angela, I I think my my wife said. (laughs) The Asian... (laughs) There's only one Asian. He's the Asian. But I guess we should be glad to get one Asian in a uh, in a big movie like that. Did did Harry Potter have any Asians? Yeah. Oh God, that's right. Oh God, what was her name again? Cho Chang. And I can't say it. I'm white. Oh, so bad. Okay, never mind. I shouldn't have said anything about Harry Potter. That's just a that's just bad, bad, bad. Uh, but this looks a really good. B really sad. And C. Something that could totally happen, that did happen. We have people who were brought here illegally, but when they were children, like babies, toddlers, uh, they can't even remember it. They've only known this as home. And then Ice comes in and goes, oh, guess what? You f***ed up. And it also looks like the reason he got into this trouble that put him on Ice's radar was some racist cops. So another very, very realistic thing. Um... I think I would skip this movie, even though it looks really good, uh, because unfortunately I get a lot of that shit from the news, uh, even though it does look super, super good. I'd probably watch this one day, uh, not right away. Once again, September 17th. All right, my future friends, that is it for the trailer trove. Let us jump into the next break as we hear a word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast, and we'll be right back with the limited release movies. Stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever interneting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, the did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. All right, my future friends, we are back with the limited release movies. There's only, let's see, one, two, three, four, five of them this week. But there are a lot more movies in the wide releases and interesting indies. But two of them we've talked about on the last regular episode because they have dual releases. One limited theatrical, the other VOD. And a few documentaries that I don't think will take a long time to talk about, so... We'll do what we normally do. We'll talk about the limited release movies, do a couple wide releases, and then take our final break. So let's start with one called Sparkling, the story of champagne. This is a limited release documentary 
This is a love letter to the joys and pleasures of champagne. And also sparkling wine, because champagne is one of those things that if it's not from champagne, it's not champagne. Champagne comes from champagne, otherwise it's sparkling wine. And I'm torn, because I like these documentaries. My wife and I watched a documentary on bourbon. We watched one on sake. If they did one on beer, I'd watch that. So this is another one. This is the story of champagne. But it also looks far more pretentious. So, uh, hey, if you really like champagne, check this out. Next is Emma. This is about a couple who deals with the aftermath of an adoption that goes awry as our household falls apart. This is a movie from Chile. And this stars Gail Garcia Bernal from Mozart in the Jungle and Santiago Cabrera from Big Little Lies. Next, we have Charming the Hearts of Men. This is a romantic drama set during the politically charged early 60s where a sophisticated woman returns to her southern hometown and discovers her options are limited, yet discrimination is plentiful. Like, like those are two different things that can't be? Like that's some sort of oxymoron? I don't, I don't know. With the help of a congressional ally, she inspires historic legislation which allows opportunities and protections never before afforded to women. This stars Anna Friel from Land of the Lost, Sean Astin from Lord of the Rings, Kelsey Grammer from Cheers, Diane Ladd from Chinatown, Amal Amin from The Maze Runner, and Jill Marie Jones from Ash vs. the Evil Dead. And it's it's weird because if you look at the the premise I gave you, it's about women's rights, but the movie tries to make it look like it's more focusing on civil rights. So it, the trailer sells it as a white savior movie, while this premise makes it more, you know, makes it more palatable, like not a white savior movie. But either way, white savior or not, I'm not interested. Two more left. The next one is called The East. This is about a young Dutch soldier deployed to suppress post-World War II independence in the Netherlands colony of Indonesia, and he finds himself torn between duty and conscience when he joins an increasingly ruthless commander's elite squad. This is a movie from the Netherlands. And finally, we have a movie called The Howling Village, a limited theatrical release, but a Blu-ray release on the 14th of September, if you do think this sounds interesting. After her brother goes missing, a young psychologist visits an infamous haunted and cursed location known as Howling Village to investigate his disappearance and uncover her family's dark history. This is a Japanese horror movie. So some of you will be right in line to buy this and uh, the rest of you would just skip it. Well, that is it for the limited release movies. Let us jump into the wide releases and interesting indies by two quick VOD announcements. First is Swan Song. I talked about it two episodes ago. It was from last week, had a limited theatrical release, and now it's coming out on video on demand. This is about a formerly flamboyant hairdresser who takes a long walk across a small town to style a dead woman's hair. This stars Udo Kier from The Painted Bird, Jennifer Coolidge from A Mighty Wind, Linda Evans from Dynasty, and Michael Urie from Ugly Betty. I thought this did look interesting. You could listen to episode 211 to hear my thoughts on it. But Udo Kier looks fantastic in this. And next up, we have Naked Singularity. This had a limited theatrical release last week, just like Swan Song and just like Swan Song, VOD released this week. This is about an idealistic young New York City public defender burned out by the system on the brink of disbarment and seeing signs of the universe collapsing all around him decides to rob a multi-million drug deal 
of one of his clients. This stars John Boyega from Attack the Block, Olivia Cooke from Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl, Bill Skarsgård from It, Ed Skrine from Deadpool, Tim Blake Nelson from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?, and Kyle Mooney from Saturday Night Live. Again, another one that looked interesting. I, I think John Boyega is very, very talented. Olivia Cook's talented as well. She get, she just gets unfortunately typecast as the ugly fat girl so much. And she is neither ugly nor fat, which is the weird thing. And even if she was unattractive and overweight, that's still kind of fucked up. So let's talk about the new, new movies. So these are movies we haven't talked about yet. Let's start with one called Raging Fire. This is a limited theatrical release. Shan, Shan, played by Donnie Yen. Shan is a righteous cop who is admired by the police force. And one day his past comes back to haunt him when his sting operation is attacked by a mysterious group of criminals led by Ngo, his former protege. Ngo was once a talented cop who admired and respected Shan. However, a terrible accident sent him to prison three years ago, turning him into a furious man with the aim to kill everyone who wronged him, including his former mentor. This stars Donnie Yen from Ip Man. And f*** yeah, more Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen in a Chinese action film. I am down. I am down for this sh- I am more excited for Donnie Yen's future endeavors. Uh, he's in a new Monkey King movie where he plays Sun Wukong. That's dope. He's in a movie coming out post-production right now called The New Kung Fu Cult Master. That just sounds dope. That sounds awesome. And we know he's going to be in John Wick Chapter 4. Yeah. And he's going to be in the Sleeping Dogs movie. Fucking Donnie Yen is a gift to mankind from God himself. That being said, the only thing that makes this stand out is Donnie Yen, because otherwise it'd just be a standard action flick. And even if it was an American action flick, I'd still go, eh, doesn't look great. But with Donnie Yen, that sells the shit out of this, and Raging Fire gets a 6.5 out of 11. All right, my friends, we're going to do three or four more movies. We'll see, and then we'll jump into the final break. So let's talk about a very, very limited release documentary that only caught my attention because of how interesting it sounds, called The Lost Leonardo. Uh, This is about a missing Ninja Turtle. No, it's not. I wish it was, but it's not. This is about the mystery surrounding the Salvatore Mundi, the first painting by Leonardo da Vinci to be discovered for more than a century, which has now seemingly gone missing. So, like I said, this is a documentary. This is about this painting that this dude discovered one day. Like, he was in an art auction. He's like, oh, there's something about this. Like, no one else liked it. I think it went for really cheap as far as art goes. Not like 20 bucks, but like a couple thousand. So not a whole lot. And he buys his painting and then takes it to some people to look at it. And they discover it's a Leonardo da Vinci. It had been over a hundred years since the last da Vinci had been found. Because it's not really something that was found. People knew where they were for the most part. And then this one is discovered. And it sells for hundreds of millions of dollars, like 400 million or something like that. And the guy only paid a couple thousand. So that's amazing right there. And then it goes missing. And it's so intriguing. Where is it? Why would the owner not not say that he has it? I mean, I, I understand maybe someone wants to steal it from you, but why not even 
why not lie? Going, oh yeah, I have it, but it's over here. But ha ha, it's over there. Fooled you guys. So it's a weird situation. Uh, but this this is so limited. It's only coming out in New York and L.A. And the only reason I'm talking about it is because hopefully it will come to some streaming service. The Lost Leonardo gets a seven out of eleven. All right, friends. Next up, we have a film called Coda. This is a limited theatrical release, also coming out on Apple TV Plus as a Coda. A child of deaf adults, Ruby is the only hearing person in her deaf family. When the family's fishing business is threatened, Ruby finds herself torn between pursuing her love of music and her fear of abandoning her parents. This stars Amelia Jones from High Rise, Troy Coster from The Number 23, Marley Matlin from The West Wing, Daniel Durant from Switched at Birth, and Eugenio Derbez from How to Be a Latin Lover. Uh, this sounds interesting because this can not only be something that peep that children of deaf adults can relate to, but also something that more people can relate to if your family has ever had a family business or something like that, where you want to go off and do your own thing, but you're needed. Like if you leave, it would spell hardship for the family. So you feel stuck. Do I pursue my own dreams or do I stay and work for the family? I was in kind of a situation like that. And by kind of, I mean, I used my family's needing me at the family business to be a lazy asshole when it came to college. So I think if I had put enough, uh, put up a big enough stink or if I had applied myself more, I totally could have left. Uh, but I used it as my safe space. And if I'm getting really deep, I can even say that my new job is my safe space, scared to go anywhere else, even though I, I need something that pays more. But <laughs> all my friends are there and it's safe. But back to this movie, uh, it doesn't look bad. It, it really doesn't. And it's good to see Marley Matlin. It, it just sucks that we have to wait for a movie to have a deaf character to see her. But it also kind of points out how ableist a lot of movies are in the sense that why wouldn't you consider getting someone deaf to fill a role that wasn't initially deaf either way coda looks good uh doesn't look great just looks like something entertaining to watch you just watch it once go hey that was fun and you move on with your life so coda gets a seven out of eleven all right we have you know let's do one more movie this is another documentary that looks just as happy as gleason did if you remember gleason it wasn't happy it was depressing not Going Quietly is an intimate and inspiring look at activist and loving father Addie Barkin, diagnosed with ALS at age 32, and who, in spite of declining physical abilities, embarks on a nationwide campaign for healthcare reform. So like I said, this is a documentary. Uh, if you remember the Democratic candidate debates... Uh, before the last election, if you remember the Democratic candidate debates, Elizabeth Warren talked about this guy. And it makes me cringe uh, because even though I, you, you all know, I lean, I lean to the left. I don't care who it is. When I hear a politician speak, I just, I just feel they're disingenuine and I just want them to shut the f up. Even the politicians I like, I'm like, eh, eh, nah. you may have heard about this person and it's a terrifying story, terrifying and heartbreaking because he had no clue this was coming it's not like he had been sick his whole life or anything like that he was a he was a relatively healthy person and then i don't even know what made him go to the doctor but then he finds out he has als and he is going to die 
Like this isn't, isn't something where we just go, oh, we're a cure is on the horizon or something like cancer, where even though cure's not on the horizon, we're, we're learning more and more and people can not, not always will, but can potentially live longer lives than they used to. This is still a death sentence. And I believe Gleason was about uh, that, that guy. Gleason had ALS, too. So this is going to be heartbreaking because in the trailer, you see that they made this discovery. They was diagnosed shortly after their child was born. And if you remember Gleason, that documentary, he was kind of making the movie or one of the reasons he was making the movie was to leave for his son. So his son would know him and know. And so his son would know how much he loved him. And I'm pretty sure the sheer fact that my wife is sitting behind me is the only reason I'm not openly crying right now talking about this, because this is this is going to be devastating because in the trailer, you see him go from pretty high functioning to barely being able to speak and can hardly move on his own. And that's terrifying. Not going quietly looks I hate to use buzzwords like like a lot of movie reviewers do, like a lot of critics do. But it looks powerful. It does. Not Going Quietly gets an 8 out of 11. All right, my future friends, that is it for this part of the wide releases and interesting indies. Let's take a break and we'll come right back with the final one, two, three, four, five movies. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're We're doing doing fine. All right, everyone, we are back. Thank you, Robbie and Lisa, for that wonderful word. As always, let's talk about a limited theatrical release coinciding with a release on Hulu called Homeroom, another documentary and the final documentary of the episode. Oakland as a tantalizing case study in a city that struggles with rising crime and healthcare woes. Its public school systems aren't exactly equipped to prepare youth for the trials of young adulthood. So this is a very right now movie. Uh, It's current and as current, I think, as a documentary can be, because not only does it deal with COVID, but it also deals with Black Lives Matter. It deals with, in a way, gentrification that we have this school with all these students in it. And it's like these students almost don't have a chance. They have to fight and claw to have as much of a chance as a richer And guess what? Wider school. And this is about some of the kids there who have had enough and ask questions. They ask questions like, why do we have police presence on the school grounds instead of focusing more on activities that will help us grow, that will keep us off the streets, that will help our people, that will help our city, regardless of race, help our city, but also race It's a big deal because look at this poor school. Who is mainly there? Blacks, Mexicans, black people and Mexican people, like the main group. I'll be honest. I did not go to a bad high school. I I did not at all. But my school was predominantly Mexican. And when I would travel to other high schools, like with the uh, forensics team, uh, competitive acting, that's the kind of nerd I was, 
or for anything else, or even when uh, I did some improv shows at other schools, when I was in college, went to high schools and did improv shows, it was amazing how much richer it looked, how much more money they had, how everything just looked nicer compared to my school. And the biggest difference besides the decor and what they had was the fact that there were more white people. So I am half white. I I am a white passing Asian. Some people can look at me right away and go, oh, look, that's an Asian. And other people, it blows their mind when they find out I'm any flavor of Asian. So I have benefited from white privilege. And I've also benefited from traveling around just a little bit, seeing the differences between my school and other schools. And I bet you these kids in this school in Oakland notice that too, going, why do we have a high police presence? Why is everything we have hand-me-down? And, oh, look, it just so happens a majority of our students have a darker skin. Oh, is that a coincidence? No, it's not. Uh, This is the kind of documentary that will make you angry. While we have the other ones this week, uh, we um, we have the one about champagne that just might make you shake your head. We have the Leonardo da Vinci one that will make you go, wow, that's crazy. We have the not going quietly, which will make you cry, probably. And then we have a homeroom, which will make you upset and angry and wonder why things aren't different. I think this is important, and I think this should be watched. Homeroom gets a 9 out of 11. All right, next up, my friends, we have Respect, a nationwide release, the first of three nationwide releases this week. This is the story of the legendary R&B singer Aretha Franklin. This stars Jennifer Hudson from Dreamgirls, Forrest Whitaker from Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai, Audrey McDonald from Private Practice, Marlon Wayans from Don't Be a Menace to Society While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood, Mark Marin from Glow, Titus Burgess from The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Kimberly Scott from The Abyss, and Leroy McLean from The Marvelous Miss Maisel. When I saw this trailer, I made a comment to Anne. I said, you know what? Uh, There's no one else that could have played Aretha Franklin. No one else. And she pointed out, you know what? There probably are other people who could play Aretha Franklin. We just don't know who they are. And that is a good point. So let me rephrase that and say out of all the known people who are actors and singers, Jennifer Hudson is the only one who could have done that. But we also have the fact that this is a biopic. And yes, I always say it. There's some people out there who just hate biopics. So guess what? This isn't going to be for you. But also, it just seems like we're inundated with them. Look, you can make the same complaint about Marvel movies or about Fast and Furious movies or anything like that. Like, there are so many of them. But out of all the people who do deserve biopics, goddammit, Aretha Franklin's one of them. One of the most important singers and musicians in history. If you are writing down the word respect and you don't sing R-E-S-P-E-C-T in your head while you're writing it, you are a f***ing liar. Calm down, it's a joke. She is the epitome of an American icon. She is the epitome of a legend. And what's more is that we have this film that's wonderfully inclusive too. A huge black cast and about a woman. And it's not going to be about how some man paved the way for her. This is her story. But also like a lot of biopics, this doesn't need the theater treatment. I didn't see Ray in the theater. I saw Ray at home. It was good. It was good. Val Kilmer in the doors. Robert Downey Jr. 
as Charlie Chaplin. Great performances. Just as good at home. So especially now, especially now when COVID is still a thing, especially now when we have to be more careful than ever so we don't go back into a lockdown, especially now, I think this can wait. Does it look good? No, it looks great. It looks like it has amazing performances. Jennifer Hudson is slept on when it comes to just pure talent. I don't like the movie Dreamgirls, but I didn't like it for its story. I think it was not a well-done story. I think it was ultimately pointless that no character learned anything. No one changed, but the performances were fantastic. The singing was fantastic. And Jennifer Hudson was part of it. And I think the fact that Jennifer Hudson did not win her season of American Idol just helped her become how, as great as she is. Uh, because it was Fantasia that won that season. And nothing against Fantasia. I think she's very talented. But where is she now? Where are any of the winners now, save for Kelly Clarkson and maybe Carrie Underwood? But Jennifer Hudson is going to be a legend herself and it's going to have nothing to do with American Idol and everything to do with her talent. Respect looks good, but it also looks like you could wait. Respect gets an 8 out of 11. All right, my future friends, three more movies left. And the next one is called Don't Breathe 2. The Breathening. <laughs> no, that's not it. Just Don't Breathe 2. The sequel is set in the years following the initial deadly home invasion where Norman Nordstrom lives in quiet solace until his past sins catch up to him. This stars Stephen Lang from Avatar and Brendan Sexton III from Empire Records. So, I never saw the first one. I'm going to. Uh, my wife wants me to watch it. But I know enough about the movie to ask the following question. Should he be the hero of this film? The character who helped make turkey basters nefarious, I don't think he should be the star. Not the star. I don't think he should be the hero of the film because it looks like that this is what it is. So we have him living alone and this girl comes to visit him and she trains, he trains her or something to be badass like him. Hopefully not a monster like him, just badass like him. And then one day someone breaks into the house, kidnaps her and he goes after them all taken status. And I think there would have been a better movie instead of don't breathe Two, just do a different film where we have someone who's blind, but awesome and kicking ass and going and saving this girl instead of, you know, Captain Turkey Baster. That creepy part aside, um, it still looks good. Stephen Lang is a badass. He is a badass motherfucker. And I like seeing him in movies, especially when he kicks ass. And it looks like he kicks ass in this film. Stephen Lang is two years away from being 70, and I'm pretty sure he could tear my head off my body without even breaking a sweat. I'm pretty sure he could kill me with a single look. Do you remember in Avatar when he knew he wasn't going to make it, so he just sucks in a big breath and jumps out of the mech into an unbreathable atmosphere and almost kills the guy? And... I think that was the least far-fetched part of the whole movie. If you told me, yeah, Stephen Lang really did that. He was on another planet and he, he did all that badass stuff. I go, yes, I believe you because it is Stephen Lang. So the questionable part of Don't Breathe One aside, this looks good. Stephen Lang is dope. How, how many other ways can I say this? So that's why I'm going to wrap this up because anything else I say 
will just be rehashing that. Stephen Lang is dope. Don't Breathe 2 gets a 7.5 out of 11. All right, two movies left, and the final one that's not the pick of the week is called Free Guy. This is the final nationwide release of the week, and it's about a bank teller who discovers that he's actually an NPC inside a brutal open-world video game. This stars Ryan Reynolds from Van Wilder, Jodie Comer from Killing Eve, Lil Rel Howry from Get Out, Taika Waititi from Jojo Rabbit, and, you know, The Suicide Squad, and Utkarsh Ambudkar from Britney Runs a Marathon, Joe Keery from Stranger Things, and in his final role, Alex Trebek. Let's be honest, Alex Trebek is probably just in one scene, one really quick scene, but I just wanted to, I just had to mention it. It's Alex Trebek. The man was a legend. He was dying of cancer, and he just, he filmed as long as he could. But Free Guy, uh, we've been waiting for this movie for a while. This was announced a while ago. The first trailer came out a while ago, right? They've been sitting on this for a while. And it's finally out, and it, I mean, it looks okay. I mean, it looks fine. This doesn't look bad. This looks like a a standard action movie, a summer blockbuster. This looks perfectly fine. It looks enjoyable. It looks fun. It looks like it pays homage to, but also pokes fun at games like Grand Theft Auto. And, you know, Call of Duty, Fortnite, PUBG, probably games like that too. So pays homage to, yet makes fun of the toxic people in those fandoms. But I just can't get stoked. I can't get hyped for Free Guy. Uh, I will watch this. It's not even a question. I will watch this. Not now. Even if it was safe to go out, not now. Uh, I just, I just don't have to. I just don't feel the need to run out and see it. Hell, maybe one day, maybe this time next year or two years from now, you can come and visit and you'll see on my shelf a copy of Free Guy, Blu-ray DVD combo pack with digital download. It'll probably be right there on the shelf. But as of right now, I just, eh, it's okay. And I like Ryan Reynolds. I like Lil Rel Howery. This is a good cast. There's nothing wrong with the cast. The movie looks fine. Everything looks fine. I am just not excited. And I can't... I I think I can put my finger on why. I've just barely put my finger on why. It's because we've been... It's been marinating for too long. But is that really... Now that I said that. Now that I said that out loud. It doesn't seem right. What seems right is that it just looks so basic that I know I'm going to like it, but I also don't need to see it right away. Uh, my local theater, your your local theaters probably do something similar where there's one night of the week or one day of the week where you have discounted tickets. This is $5 Tuesdays. And even if there was no pandemic, I'm not sure if I would choose that movie to see on $5 Tuesdays. I just... Why not wait? Why not wait? Wait till it goes on sale on Amazon or Walmart or somewhere and just buy it and then own it. I can wait to free guy. I can. Even if the next pick, even if the pick of the week, the movie I really want to see, even if that wasn't coming out, I'm not sure if this would have made it as the pick. I, I just don't know. Because I just feel so blasé about it. It, it doesn't get me excited. Free guy. It's a 7 out of 11. And my friends, that leaves one movie left. One movie that's a pick of the week, and it's called Beckett. This is a Netflix original movie. Following a tragic car accident in Greece, 
Beckett, an American tourist, finds himself at the center of a dangerous political conspiracy and on the run for his life. This stars John David Washington from Black Klansman, Alicia Vikander from Ex Machina, Boyd Holbrook from Logan, and Vicky Kripes from The Phantom Thread. I love John David Washington. I love him so much. Black Klansman is now one of my favorite movies. Tenant was great. The only reason I haven't seen Malcolm and Marie is because I just think it'll make me feel icky because of how like real and raw it's supposed to be. I have not seen Ballers, which blows my mind, but I want to because he's in it. John David Washington will win an Oscar. That's not even a question. That's a prediction. That's a spoiler for the future. Alicia Vikander has won an Oscar. She has earned it. She is fantastic. And John David Washington will join her as a holder of that little statue. And while parts of this movie seem familiar, it also got me excited. Because we have we have an idea that we've seen before. A couple on vacation, or a couple out doing something. Something happens, one of them dies, the other goes on the run. But this time, it's a black man in Europe. Who is going to stand out in the middle of Europe? Him. Especially with a broken arm. So that just adds a level of intrigue to this movie. Beckett looks good and it has the bonus of being a Netflix original film because we all have Netflix or you're stealing someone's account. So we can all watch this for no additional cost. F*** you, Disney Plus Premier Access. Netflix is getting better and better. And this John David Washington, Alicia Vikander movie looks really good. I was excited for it from the first trailer I saw. And I'll admit, the first time I saw the trailer, it was mainly him that intrigued me. But after watching the trailer a couple more times, now it's more than just him. It does sound like an interesting story. This is a very safe bet. This is a very safe bet. Because guess what? We're still in a pandemic. It, even if your state lifted mask mandates, even even if everyone says it's safe, it's still not safe. It's not... It's not smart. Stay home. Watch this. Watch Beckett and chill. Beckett gets a 9 out of 11. All right, my future friends, that is it for this week. Um, As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, welcome, and thank you so much for giving me a shot. As always, reach out to me. Do you have a question or comment? Let me know. Uh, any movies you want my opinion on, or do you want me to watch something? Do you want to tell me your opinion on a movie I talked about? That's great. Let me know. Find all the ways to contact me in the show notes that are on their way. Find all the ways to contact me in the closing housekeeping, which is on its way right after this or in the show notes. But as always, thank you so much. And you know what? Go enjoy a movie. I'll see you next week. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. And also, share the podcast. Share with your friends. That is how we grow here on the show. And then how do you reach me? That is a great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. 
You can email me at billiamreviews at gmail.com. And please consider supporting the show on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and also on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the other shows in the network, Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Don't forget to support the friends of the show. You've heard their ads tonight. Please check out my personal blog, billiamthenerd.com. And then finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.